hello. Hi. Hello. How's everybody doing? Great. Great. Okay, so you might be a little too close there. Hang on. All right. You don't want me to kiss the mic? I don't. Well, I mean, I do, but I'm just going to turn you down a little bit. But continue to kiss the mic, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mic check. This is really exciting podcasting. Yeah, we're doing great, you guys. Okay, that's good. So I'm kissing the mic, that's which a means... That's a little too close. You can no, back up You can back up just a little bit. I am here now. You can back up just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Is that good? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I just need to get like... You know like, like when you pull into the garage and you have like the hanging tennis ball? <laughs> I need that for how far I need to be away from this microphone. Yeah? Because I really struggle with it. Okay. I'm leaning over the table right now. I'm going to have back problems. I'm just trembling your voice. Just turn it off. Just turn me off. <laughs> now we can't hear <laughs> Sid, where are you? <laughs> There'll just be like five minute silence in the whole episode. Like that was Sid. Any like actual podcaster is probably trying to murder me right now for messing with levels during a show. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. We're amateurs. This is amateur hour. If you want to send us money, I can give you my Venmo though. I don't know. We don't have a Patreon or anything. If you want to financially support the show, hit us up on Facebook and I'll give you my Venmo and you can send me money. <laughs> and if you give us money, then we won't do all these weird things. But we will shout you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Minimum $50. You what? Minimum $50 or you don't get a shout out. Yeah. We only shout out for $50 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Because we value ourselves. $50 buys us some new mics, which we would like, because then we don't have to do so much crap with this level, and because we're not using <laughs> drum mics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to episode 24 of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be other podcasts where other people do that, but this is the only one where you're going to find us doing it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I'm... The host of this year podcast, joined as always at my right hand by Becca. Hello. And at my left by Sid. Hello. And I, dude, I almost just did a spoiler joke, but I didn't. Oh, <gasps> good thing so you close. caught yourself. Okay, uh, those of you who have seen the title, um, we're talking about Jordan Peele's 2019 film, Us. It literally came out today. We just went and watched it. <laughs> Opening day. Um, so we're going to do, at the very beginning, some spoiler-free goodness, but then we're going to jump right into the spoilers. Um, so we'll give a very clear distinction as to when we will start talking about spoilers. Right? Right. Fine. Jeez. It's so <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> Sid really wants to get into the spoilers. We have a really hard time talking without spoiling things. So. I know. We were talking about that on the drive over here, actually. Yeah. I'm telling the audience. You guys know that because you're both part of the, the conversation. <laughs> but yeah. Um, let's see. I don't think there's really any uh, drama to get into. The Oscars are over. There's no complaints to be had past what we have already complained about enough. Um, Best Picture winning Green Book. Still haven't seen it. Still don't want to see it. Yeah, I still don't really want to see it. That's kind of where I'm landing on it, honestly. I just have no interest in it. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Again, we are talking about Jordan Peele's 2019 film, Us, the follow-up to his 2017, right? Yes. 2017 Darling. 
Get Out, the Academy Award-winning film Get Out. Um, best original screenplay, right? Yes. And he was also nominated for a handful of others for that one, so good for you. Uh, that movie is great, and you should watch it. This movie is also pretty great, and you should watch it. Yes. Um, and that's the end of spoilers. <laughs> and that's the end of the spoilers. No, we're going to do our hot takes, uh, and then we're going to dive uh, right into the spoilers. All right. Uh, on to the hot takes. Becca, what's your hot take? All Spoiler right. free. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. That's tough. Spoiler free. Okay. Um, Bird's well, eye view. It is still digesting a little bit with me, but right off the bat, I really like it. There are a lot of really good things about this movie. And without getting into too much detail, I think my two favorite aspects of this movie from a craft viewpoint is the cinematography and the music. And just for that, everybody should go see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, the spoiler free uh, hot take is a recommendation for me then. Yes. All right. Cool. Sid, go. This is a solid recommendation for me. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, music. I would say the music. Oh, it's so good. I love the music in this. Um, just, I love Jordan Peele. I love him and he's doing great work. Um, but I would also say the acting is really good. Lupita is incredible. I love her. Um, yeah, solid recommendation. Um, I am glad that I am not crazy because I think the score was also my favorite aspect of it, which is odd because I'm not usually a score guy, but I could see myself going and listening back to this one, especially the, uh, the opening credits song. Oh yeah. was so good. Um, that's not a spoiler. Cause if you go see it, you're going to see it in the first two minutes. Oh, that was a good song. You spoiled it for me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Um, I'm with Becca. I think that to really get a grasp on it, we're going to have to uh, be talking about it a little bit. Uh, talk out uh, some of what some things meant. Because um, it's a pretty dense movie, content-wise. And message-wise, it's not as... I guess... Im- I, I don't think that it's as immediately obvious as the message from Get Out was. But worthwhile nonetheless jordan peele has done it again he's uh continuing to show himself as quite the competent director um the directing i think was probably my second favorite aspect uh closely followed by the editing and then the cinematography i'd rank them that way but they're all really good and he's got a knack for horror too like well he has a whole there's if if you followed the Academy on Instagram, you would have seen on their story yesterday, there was a whole like interview with him about the similarities between directing horror and comedy and yeah. like hmm. how, how close they tie into one another. And, um, cause basically they're both about just hitting the right beats and it's all about timing and atmosphere with both of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's it, interesting. Like that's why I want to see Ari Aster make a, a comedy dude. I want to see him do it. <laughs> That dude's got timing down. <laughs> It'd be the funniest movie I've ever seen. Um, yeah. So we'll get we'll get into the Midsummer trailer. Don't you guys worry. P.S. That'll be in other content. 
uh, or other topics, I suppose. But we're going to jump right into it. Um, this is your official warning from uh, the the cast here at We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, that we are now going to spoil the crap out of the newly released Jordan Peele film, Us. Um, so if you're interested in it and if you don't want it spoiled, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it and you do want it spoiled, I think it's going to be a good idea for us to just kind of do a rundown of what this movie's about. Um, but <laughs> here's your, here's your warning. Uh, five, four, three, two, one, blast off into the spoiler verse. Yay. Love that movie. Yay. Okay. Um, and for those of you who are trying to test the limits we're gonna give you another five four three two one five four three two one countdown we're really into spoilers now we're really into spoilers and holy crap did he make a movie about clone mole people (laughs) 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 what the crap (laughs) i don't even know i was holding that in because there's that thing at the beginning where it's like there's thousands of miles of tunnels underground and i was like what the I know. I was like, "What does that have to do with?" And then I thought about it, and I was like, "Are they mole people? (laughs) (laughs) Totally mole people." You get the guy from the end of Incredibles coming in. He's like, "I am the Underminer," and then he like destroys everything. (laughs) (laughs) And then yeah, he takes out all the the replicants. Wouldn't that be great? I was like, it was it was really once I realized it, it kicked in for me. Once I realized that the other family had copies as well i was like it's a whole like mirror united states down there like <laughs> i know i was not expecting that from the previews i thought it was just the their family i gotta say when we i guess i i remembered afterwards that in this in the trailer there's like a three second clip of her walking through the hallway downstairs but apart from that you cover the entire trailer in like the first 20 minutes uh-huh. And that gave me hereditary vibes and I was into it because then I was like, like, that's the right way to just do a movie trailer in general. Like, just pull your trailer from the first 20 minutes and then your movie is actually a mystery still. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this movie, <laughs> let's just run through this really quick. So she, it, it, it starts out in the 80s and what's her name? I literally have the IMDb pulled up here. I don't know their names. Yeah, I don't know anybody's names except for Jason. Adelaide. Adelaide. What a weird name. That's one of the names. Adelaide, Gabe, Zora, and Jason. Okay. So Adelaide is a little girl at an amusement park. Uh, Coney Island type deal, but I would assume in California. Yeah, because. Northern California is what it seems like. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. They you weren't paying attention santa cruz like <laughs> so many times oh that's right he's doing he was like santa cruz but i don't know where santa cruz is um but the uh the trees and whatnot looked like sacramento-ish area so i assumed they were northern california i don't know where santa, i don't know where, santa I don't cruz know where is. it is in any case she uh wanders off her dad uh gets distracted playing whack-a-mole and she wanders off into a fun house um, where she sees a copy of herself, which is weird. We fast forward. She's got PTSD. She's not talking. They encourage her to uh, perform, essentially, to tell her story. Flash forward 23 years. It's present day. And 
they're going to their summer home, which I take to be her parents' house. I think so. Right? Yeah. They've kind of adopted as their summer home. Yeah. Uh, They go to the beach. Uh, The kid, the youngest kid sees a weird thing. Uh, The wife, I feel like the, the wife tells the husband about her experience seeing her clone. I feel like you don't get to several years of marriage and two kids without sharing that experience. Yeah. Yeah, that was That's a little not healthy. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it does make sense. Yeah. yeah. In terms of a movie, it makes sense. In yes. terms of a marriage, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been marriage counseling by Sid. <laughs> I am not married. How's that marriage or thing license. going for you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm struggling with it right now. Okay. <laughs> This is going to turn into a crying podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> we haven't had one of those since, I don't know. I don't think I've Have ever we cried. had one of those. I'm really surprised. I'm surprised. I made it 24 without crying. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Wow. So, uh, in the nighttime, uh, the uh, clone family shows up, and they're all just a little off, but they look the same, and they start attacking people. Uh, we fast forward. There are clones of everyone that is attacking everyone. It's a whole uprising. Uh, basically, there's a lot of uh, fighting clones. Uh, there's some comedy sprinkled in. Uh, Lupita eventually ends up down in the mole people's domain, uh, where she is treated to a villainous monologue by the by her clone, uh, who she proceeds to murder, and. Um, in the closing shot of the film, it is revealed that our expectations are actually flipped. The Lupita that we thought was the real one was the mole person. I called that from the beginning. I didn't tell anyone, but I did. That's nice. Good call. Uh, Thank you. I'm really proud of yeah, the. Oh, I'm sorry. The Adelaide that we knew is actually the mole person Adelaide, and the mole person Adelaide is actually the real one. So their psychology is... I guess have kind of flipped and it explains a lot of the idiosyncrasies that bothered me at the beginning of the film, uh, such as her speech patterns, which I thought were extremely odd. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she didn't tell her husband about the super traumatic experience <laughs> until after they had two kids. <laughs> like, <coughs> cause she had to hide it from him. Yeah, she had to. Yeah. Um, this is an honest to goodness, straight faced movie about, uh, mole people uprising. Yes, it is. <laughs> and there's not a lot of explanation as to the origin of the mole people. Did I miss anything in the rundown of the film? I just want to make sure that I understand what, um, we're, what we're going for. The, the mole person, Adelaide Red, mm-hmm. she said something that like they figured out how to clone a body, but not a soul. But that's really all that they gave. Yeah, I don't know if this was like some CIA stuff. I don't know. I mean, I I think that it, it, that's what I took it as, is it was some like government experiment gone awry basically because, I mean, even the daughter mentions, she's like, you know they put fluoride in the water to control our minds? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like Jordan Peele loves dropping in little tidbits like that. Um, Also, the line about her peaking when she was 14, I thought was clever. When she's talking to Kitty on the beach. She's like, oh, yeah. she kept dancing. She's like, well, I peaked when I was 14. Like, I don't know. That was clever. <laughs> and uh, props to Jordan Peele for making a movie about 
uh, the proletariat rising up against the bourgeoisie <laughs> and having me cheer for uh, the bourgeoisie. Because literally in any uh, storytelling experience where the proletariat rises up, I'm usually on their side. I think it's the 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 the, the closet communist in me. I don't know. But like we went and saw the Scarlet Pimpernel. And I came out of there being like, that was a pretty good story. Like, those bad guys really sucked, though. It's like, that's Scarlet Pimpernel. He's a real piece of crap. <laughs> I was like, all about the. Totally upri- misunderstood. I was, yeah, I was like, all about the uprising of the peasants. And I was like, it just sucks that the bad guys won. <laughs> um, so, props to Jordan Peele for making me cheer for uh, the bourgeoisie. Um, yeah, what? I mean, so, spoilers. What did you guys think? This one, it's it, it's a lot to digest. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, like I feel like I'm still kind of trying to understand what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. Like I get it, but I feel uh, I feel like there are two, I guess, main threads, and they are connected. Um, but it's the same story, I suppose. On a personal and societal level in that the mole people and i feel like we don't do them i feel like we're doing them a disservice calling the mole people i just think it's freaking hilarious um <laughs> well they're the bad guys so we can call them mole people but are they mm-hmm. <gasps> but they might be i mean they murdered a lot of people yeah. so not great. i think there's only one mole person that's but a hey person here's the thing she's not a mole when person. when a bunch of americans uh rise up and murder people we call it the american revolution and it's uh celebrated when a bunch of mole people pop out and start murdering <laughs> americans it's a freaking horror movie so i guess well, history is written by the victors <laughs> if it's a government experiment gone wrong i don't know the mole people aren't real people Okay, let me tell you what I picked up on, basically. And I think, I, at first I thought I didn't like the twist. I think I do like the twist. And I think that the twist is kind of the key element in supporting the theme and message of the movie, which I take as this. There is a beaten down and ultimately forgotten population that is present. And basically, the only thing that separates the beaten down population from the more prosperous population are circumstances. And it's not anything inherent in a single person that allows them or that that puts them into one of those two classes, shall we say, so much as it is the circumstances that they are more than anything born into. And I think that the fact that the two uh, Adelaides swapped and basically the one who was a mole person still ended up all mole person-y and the mole person who came up was able to learn how to talk, got married, had kids, lived a pretty normal life. Um, I think that that supports that idea of these two separate populations, classes, if you will, and I think he does, Um are really separated by just this razor thin line of basically what your what your starting point is and the circumstances are which is i mean if we're i think he's going for this and i think it it builds on the themes of get out um that's a real basis of 
a lot of the racism that's still prevalent in America, right, is that basically um, minorities and primarily black people and Hispanics are, and I am not supporting this viewpoint, but the viewpoint of racists is that they are um, less than inherently rather than being systematically beaten down by the government for hundreds of years. Are you saying Green Book didn't cure racism? I don't think that Green Book cured racism. No, okay, so, so here's the thing. I, I don't want to name any names, um, but I had a colleague one time, um, basically unprompted, uh, bring up to me, he said, you know what the best thing that we could do is, is do a social experiment where you divide America into five parts. And you just, you know, make lines down the middle, divide it in five parts, give one part to white people, one part to, and I'm quoting this, so this, again, is not my viewpoint. He said, give one part to white people, give one part to Jews, give one part to black people, give one part to Hispanics, and give one part to everybody else. He's like, and then give them 50 years and see which section of the United States progresses the most. The implication being that the white people section would be, would progress the most and that the issue was inborn, essentially. And so when I only bring that up to say that this is a viewpoint that like people actually hold. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I think this movie and the message that it shows, if people are astute enough to pick up on it, which you could totally watch this movie and just be like, wow, that was cool. But if people are astute enough to pick up on it, and I think that a lot of people will be hopefully the right people, but maybe not, who knows? Um, being that really that these two classes that were or these two populations that were literal mirrors of each other the only thing separating them was just their circumstances and one thrived and one didn't and the class or the the class that they're the the population that didn't thrive was beaten down to a point that they had no choice but to rise up so I don't, I don't think it's like a warning or like an incitation to violence or anything like that. But I think it's, I think that's what he's going for here. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I didn't quite catch but, it either, but I like it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, I got some of those same themes, but I guess I didn't like apply it to life in the United States currently. Um, but I think it makes sense. And I think it like adds another layer to this movie for sure and makes me want to go watch it again already (laughs) and i i will say this as well is that i think uh, again racism is not dead green book did not cure it unfortunately as much as uh i think that the producers of that movie would like to believe um i think that a lot of uh racism in america is actually uh kind of nested inside of classism in the uh, we look down on poor people more than we look down on minorities, and it just so happens that um, there are systemic things in place that have uh, been put in place to assure that those two categories uh, remain as overlapped as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I think it's interesting that it – and again, I mean, Jordan Peele's a smart guy. He thinks these things out. I think that it was interesting to have the focus be on – both a black family and a white family for that reason. That is interesting. And And, I mean, sorry to further the metaphor, they were both pretty well off. Yeah, that's true. They had summer homes for crying out loud. (laughs) 
Well, and I don't like the idea of like a shadow is interesting too because you know, like one family looks at themselves and says, this is us, but they're worse. Basically, like if you go along with like the whole thing that you brought up, like these people are still human, but in a lower class. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, for sure. I think that's interesting. Well, and that's the, I mean, that's the, the, I guess, human nature of it all. Right. Is yeah. like our, our human instinct is to rank people i guess (laughs) and that's horrible but yeah i don't know that was that was the main through line that i picked up i think there's other things going on but i took that as the kind of principal message of the film and again i think it's interesting how it builds on the themes of of get out i don't have anything else to say (laughs) I, I, again, I feel like I just need to like sit with it for a little bit because I think there are some really interesting things that are being said in this movie. Um, but also, I guess just to take it back to like a lighter note, I think it's a fantastic horror movie. Just like. Oh, 100%. Sorry. As it is. I didn't mean to get all like overly serious <laughs> and, you know, dissecting the societal problems present in the United States right now. <laughs> Because it's it's a great movie. (laughs) It really is. Like, you don't have to go into it thinking about all of, like, current issues. No, it's... it's, it's, That's what I'm saying is, like, I... Here's the thing. And maybe if we didn't do this, like, if our plan wasn't to do an episode of the podcast on this, maybe I wouldn't have even noticed that. Like, it's... Like I said, the themes are uh, much less obvious than they were in Get Out. And I I think that's purposeful. Yeah. This is a fantastic monster movie. It really is. Because the monster is essentially yourself. Like, I think that's like the scariest thing to think about just like in a horror movie. That like the person after you is you. But a scary version of you. And it's super scary because like they know you. They know how you think. You're also like equally matched physically. Like the girl who was a track star, she couldn't outrun her own self like uh, that's so terrifying to think about in a horror film like well especially in this one like they knew their movements they knew their routines because they were literal mirrors of them that's so scary well and it's interesting that like adelaide the like adelaide picked up on that and she was like we need to drive to mexico we need to get out of here they know what we're thinking they know how we move and everything well, I mean, like she already, she already knew that, knew that. Yeah. yeah because she was a mole person <laughs> yeah. i know like i there were so many signs it makes so much of her behavior makes so much more sense like and i think the first time i kind of started thinking about it was when um she went back into the house to get the keys uh when they were trying to like escape I don't remember their names. What are their names? From Kitty's house? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and she, she goes has, back is in. Is she the girl from The Handmaid's Tale? Yes, yeah, yeah, she, she is. She did a great job. She's so good. I love her. After seeing her in this and seeing her in, in The Handmaid's Tale, she is pretty dynamic. I, yeah. The Handmaid's Tale, she plays it really uh, straight, kind of. She's really flat. Uh huh. And that's because her character's... Well, but that's because... Yeah, it, yeah. Fits, it fits her character. Seeing her in this, I'm like, oh, wow, she might actually have some range. Yeah, I actually really like her. She's She did great in this. Um, but yeah, after she grab like she grabs the keys and there's like the twin mole that she has to kill and 
she stabs her and then she like stands there and like has is breathing like has like this raspy breath like it comes back out of her a little bit yeah 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 and you see like her son walks in and sees her and like is a little scared by it and like that was the first moment where i was like this lady is not quite right yeah well and it's again it's similar to get out in that way that like i'm sure going back and watching it a second time like so many of the behaviors that we just kind of like i said especially uh, mostly because of get out i gave him a pass on a lot of it but a lot of the things bothered me um towards the beginning of the film specifically about lupita's performance i thought again i thought her speech patterns were super weird um i thought she but, just she bugged me and i didn't know why it, it kind of i mean it, it tricks you for sure like it, it made sense to me because the entire time i was thinking like oh she's experiencing serious ptsd and like the reason she's having all these behaviors right now is because they're back in santa cruz and like back in this place that's what i thought as that, well and that's kind of what i wrote it off as uh-huh and so like i think that's such a smart move because then when you get the twist you realize like those behaviors are her like, reg- like regressing yeah yeah I didn't pick up on nearly as much as you guys. <laughs> I thought I was getting it, but I, know, I guess not. Hey, but you got the twist, so that's yeah, true. Called the twist. For something. I win. I'm so bad at calling twists. I'm usually you bad, really but are. like in this one, I was just like, what if like she's one of the persons? Like, what if she's not a real person? I mean, I'm 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 happy to be surprised though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's I more mean, fun to yeah. not be able to call At it. At first, I was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be crazy if she wasn't a real person? And then like the movie started going, and I was like, oh, oh you're really okay. feeding into the themes here, huh? Yeah. You're not a real person. I'm say. not a racist. <laughs> you're a classist. I know. You don't like mole people. I'm not a classist. You really set us up to <laughs> not guys, be able to say anything bad guys, about the mole people you, in this movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> Never, never insult the proletariat because they will rise up against you. Oh no, Twitter's going to come for me now. Sid, your career is going to be over before it starts. We all knew it wasn't going to start. At least you didn't like tweet a super racist thing right before getting on a plane. That's still one of my favorite internet stories ever. I don't remember who it was. It was some lady. She was like a nobody in some corporate space. Uh And she made a pretty racist tweet like immediately before getting on a plane and it was like a 12 hour flight oh. and she gets off the flight and her life is just ruined because <laughs> her tweet her tweet went viral and she got connected to like her company and her company oh fired her gosh. like while she was in the air and like <laughs> that's hilarious 12 hours of bliss and then nothing that. i gotta look that up again you guys keep talking i'm gonna look this up guys please don't come for me i'm a good person i'm not racist sid is a good person i can vouch for thank you <laughs> so going back to the twist um, I think I knew it like subconsciously before I really realized it. Mm. Like when, uh, she's down in the mole place and she's like in the classroom with her tethered person or whatever mm-hmm. and they're fighting and then eventually she kills her. Like I felt so like sad for the mole person, like uh-huh. the person Adelaide, the Adelaide that died. Yeah. I feel like I can't keep them straight. But I mean, sorry, keep going. Um, but like, yeah, like I felt really bad for her, and I like, I didn't want her to die. And then I was like, but wait, she was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then she wasn't. But I mean, kind of like both of them are kind of bad guys. 
I mean, yeah. I, I feel mean, like the the red, um, you know, the mole person, she's not as guilty, but she still organized the mass murder of like the entire planet. Well, hang on. Red is okay. The wait, real no. Adelaide. Adelaide. The real Adelaide. Yeah, the real Adelaide organized a mass murder. Yeah, but then also at the same time, Red took over Adelaide's life. Yeah. No, they're both not great. Yeah. But I don't really blame Adelaide. Like, if my tethered person stole me and well, I also, stuck me in I a also hole. don't blame Red. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. who can yeah. blame her for trying to better her circumstances? It's <laughs> true. As it always comes down to it, it's the government that we have to blame. <laughs> Amen. And yes. hands across America. Yeah. <laughs> Ed World Hunger, no way. Yeah, I'm not like I actually picked up on that one because about halfway through I was like, why did they show us those commercials at the beginning? And then I was like, Hands across America. Oh, they're gonna do something about that. Like <laughs> she literally just hands across America. <laughs> I know. That was that was not very subtle at all. It was just like well, I don't, I don't know what it was. I mean, what do you mean when you say it's not? So I don't know what it was trying to communicate. I, I thought I it was just it was weird, really honestly. <laughs> I know that, that's what I mean. Like it, it felt a little weird, and it was just like, yeah, we we watched the preview, and then it's literally just hands across America, and it shows a T-shirt, and it, they're all holding hands, standing. Like it was a cool image to like see in the movie, but like, I super didn't get it. Yeah. Also, can we just continue to get movies where rabbits play a weirdly central role? <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, I don't know what this is, but rabbits make things better. Yeah. Uh, we're referencing the favorite for those of you who don't get the joke. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Jordan Peele put that in because he finds rabbits terrifying. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know. I guess he just doesn't like them. Okay. Um, sorry. I... I want to get into just general, I really liked this thing <laughs> part of the discussion. Uh, am I cutting anybody off if I just jump into that? No. no. So speaking of rabbits being terrifying, that opening credits shot of the oh zoom my, out oh was so cool. Especially with the music. The music was amazing. The like chanting. Oh, oh it was so good. And it just like slowly pans out from that one rabbit. Yeah. Just, oh my God. So it's such a cool. long shot too. So cool. And like, what the heck do the rabbits mean? Like, I don't know. Are they just like food? Honestly, I think, think it's. So. I think it's. Um, if I had to guess, they multiply really fast. That's my thing. Is like the government wants to stick them down there with a pretty easily replenishable food source. Yeah. Because again, if we're going off, the government made these clones, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's a lot of things that are really interesting about the mole world. Like, there's just all these classrooms, and every classroom has all the rabbits and desks. So, like, I just pictured, like, all these shadow kids, like, sitting in their desks. and all Rabbits? Yeah. And just, like, <laughs> learning weird, creepy things. I would like to know a little bit more about, like, the logistics of the mole world, if yeah. that makes sense. There are like, things that, like, I don't quite understand. Like, Were they always mirroring, or did they kind of go in and out of mirroring? Yeah. Like, And then, like, why do they feel like they're immortal in some cases, and like they're stronger than their replicant i don't know it's Ooh, you did it not me blade runner <laughs> you said replicant <laughs> i 
<laughs> I was like, did I say something racist again? Oh, no. no, you referenced Blade Runner. <laughs> but yeah, there's just some things that I don't understand, but also I kind of like how they didn't explain it. I was just kind of like, these are some weird people. And like, when did they gain control over the mirroring thing? Mm-hmm. And could they mirror backwards? Because like uh, Adelaide, like the mole person, when she came to the real world, like the mirroring was flipped. So. What? Okay. So when the real Adelaide Ooh, is down in the mole yeah, world, yeah. she then was shadowing and mirroring. Oh, okay. uh-huh. And the red Adelaide, who is now. I don't know. They're confusing. But the one who lived a normal life was the one doing the living. That was really confusing. But did you understand? No, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Also, what's up with all the 11-11 stuff? Yeah. Make a wish, I I guess. Right. Uh, I did pull it up. Jeremiah Uh 11-11 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. That's one thing that I'd like to rewatch it with a, a I guess, a, 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 I guess a religious lens because uh, Red or Adelaide, I don't know, the, the person who led the uprising. Let's call her Red. Even though she's really Adelaide. Yeah, because she was wearing red. Okay. And the mole person is Adelaide. Okay. Uh, Red talks about that a lot as far as like, she's like, that's when I saw God and like the Lord spoke to me and like all this. She does a lot. I don't know that. That was a line I didn't really uh, spend a lot of time keeping up on, honestly. And I'd be curious to see how that uh, ties into things because I don't know. Well, and I think the like guy with the long hair that was holding this the sign with the scripture on it. I think mm-hmm. he was the first one to like actually die. Well, yeah, because he had the stab hole in him when they brought him out of his house. Yeah, and then you see him standing there on the beach and like he was already there ready to like start the holding hands thing. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome! <laughs> I know, Let right? Go, I didn't pick up on that. That's well, so cool. And, like, the little boy, like, I think he's just, like, very smart. And, like, I think he caught on to things really fast because he was really curious by him and he went and stood by him. And then, like, Adelaide was really freaked out when she saw the picture that he drew of him standing there. And, like, I don't know. There's just, like, a lot of little things, especially with the little boy, where, like, he just kind of understood. Yeah. Like, he understood that the mole person was his shadow and that he would copy him. He would copy him, yeah. And he understood that his mom was really a mole person. <laughs> and he's just a smart kid. Yeah, I honestly, especially, um, and I'm, I'm always, eh, I'm most of the time glad when my expectations are subverted. In the trailer, it shows the two of them sitting in the closet and like mirroring each other i thought he was gonna like befriend his mole person and that was gonna be like the solution to it all was love or i don't know like some <laughs> something like that but i'm i'm glad that it wasn't yeah instead he made him walk into the yeah. fire <laughs> yeah that was crazy that was awesome Ugh. But like i don't know it just makes me wonder like i 
it would have been cool to see like Adelaide having to mirror the red red yeah you know what I mean <laughs> like if it was like flipped back or something no this movie yeah like it's such a cool concept and I don't know if it's possible to fully explore everything that we would like to see about it in two hours. Wait yeah. a second. I just remembered the part in the mole world when they're in the classroom mm-hmm. and they're walking around in a circle. And that is possible that that is mirroring. Yeah. A little because, bit. Because like I was like, why Wait. does she keep walking away from her? Shouldn't she walk? Shouldn't one of them walk towards the other one so that they can fight? Remind me. Like, okay, so they're in the classroom, yeah. and Red is like cutting up the paper, uh-huh. and then she starts like, in like really fast. She like walks backwards. Yeah. And Adelaide walks backwards too, and then they go to separate corners of the room oh. and just kind of circle the room. I won. I I mean I don't know, but I'm gonna say one thing right now. Mirroring. Annihilation did it better. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If that's what they were going. But Annihilation was more on the nose with it. That's really actually a good pickup, though. So I don't know if the, that was the case or the not. The choreography but. and the editing and the score in that scene was just oh, freaking oh mind-blowing. That was so good. Like in the hallway, and it kept like cutting back and forth and to again, the dance. And what a what a freaking performance from Lupita. Like oh just the physicality of the role and how for the two characters, or just her entire demeanor changes, the way she carries herself changes. I mean, and that's true of... of all of them of all of the alternates right even the minor characters like the drunk best friend i thought he did a great job with his alternate and like it makes a lot of sense that scene i think that they hinted towards it um a little bit with the scene of uh kitty like her alternate like putting lipstick on and stuff like that like i guess the goal of the mole people was highlighted by that but um Point being, fantastic performance from her all around. Oh, yeah. Like, if she doesn't get she nominated. Won't. It, she won't. I have lost faith. She won't. In everything. The Academy, here's the thing. Just don't get your hopes up. I if know. they didn't do it for Hereditary, they're not going to do it. But they like Jordan Peele. I mean, yeah, Get Out did get an Oscar, and it came out in March. So, I feel like February, it has hope. Actually. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I... I've given up all hope. If they want to surprise me, good on them. But I've given up all hope of the Academy liking horror or sci-fi movies. You'll just have to watch those other awards. What was it? The like sci-fi yeah. and yeah. horror. Yeah, award. I was like, this is awesome. I couldn't find. I looked around. I forget what they were called because I couldn't find anything good about them as far as like who the nominees were and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. No idea. Hmm. Fix your website, people. <laughs> Um, favorite scenes. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but I was just thinking about when um, Gabe kills. Oh, I love the him. other Gabe. <laughs> oh, and, and he chops like, him up in the boat. <laughs> yes. I was like, "Excuse me!" Oh like, my gosh! Just like that whole scene in the lake was just like crazy, like. I I don't know where it came from, but it was really cool. I think just from like when they see the family in the driveway and like when they break into the house and just like like kind of the introduction to them and Mm -hmm. when Red Mm -hmm. is giving her monologue, I think that was probably my favorite part. Dude, when they're standing in the driveway, they're standing holding hands. (gasps) 
Oh my gosh. Oh. I don't know if that plays into it, but I'm sure it does. I'm sure. Also, I think this is probably my favorite scene. Um, Dude, sorry. I want to, jumping back on what you said, Sid, I want to rewatch her monologue now, yeah. knowing. Knowing everything. I and think it, I'm makes, actually... it also makes sense that, like, I was wondering why she was the only one that could speak. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, that makes sense. You're wondering oh, what? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think I might go see it tomorrow with my mom. So. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Becca. Um, My favorite scene was the shadow scene with the two boys where they're mirroring each other. and With the car on fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that whole sequence was just like, I just like couldn't take my eyes off of it. And yeah. like the boy knew he's like oh this is a trick get out of the car and it was gorgeous it was so good seriously the oh my gosh the cinematography in this movie was such a step up from get out and not that get out was ugly at all this hey just, guys what? it's 11 11 <gasps> oh that's real creepy this movie i feel like just it was a lot harder palette to work with than get out was and i feel like it it emphasized color a lot more than Get Out did. This was a much more vibrant movie than that was. I, I just noticed the cinematography more in this one. Yeah, me too. And it was, I mean, I think this is probably true of a lot of horror movies where uh, the camera stays like really close to the person. Mm-hmm. So you can't really see what's going on. Um, but I think it did that very effectively with the camera work and definitely made it feel intense. Yeah. Yeah, and again, sorry, another thing with uh, Adelaide, it, it bothered me again in the beginning of the movie how jumpy she was, but it came back around and made sense. I got to say, I think that far and away my favorite scene was uh, the ending fight. Yeah. Just the way that uh, Red moved was so impressive, as just like from a performance standpoint. It was awesome. That was a really cool scene. And the way that the, the score lined up with the editing and going back to the dancing scene. And again, there's a ton of things that I missed, like especially the connection with like I get that um, like self-expression was what allowed Adelaide to become a real person, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked up on that, but I think there was more going on with that connection that I picked up on. With the dance? Like, specifically to the dance, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot that I was like, I really wanted to get all of that, but I felt like I didn't quite get it. That's what I'm saying. There is there is a lot going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like too much, but as we've been talking about it, I'm just, I got to see it again, because I, I just can't grasp everything. I wouldn't mind seeing it again either. Yeah. It was great. And for those of you who are out there being like, well, the camera movements and whatnot were not that impressive. When I talk about impressive cinematography in this film, I mean, the camera movements were fine. Like, that wasn't what got me. It wasn't like extended long takes or anything like that. Uh, You guys that are saying that are forgetting that the cinematographer is in charge of lighting as well. And like framing and blocking and stuff. And that's what's impressive here is the framing and the lighting are really just incredibly stand out in this film. Yeah. And the way that the color palette changes. And I, I, I liked that the mole person world wasn't just like a cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was actually pretty nice. 
like if not dull <laughs> yeah i mean but it looked better than my high school so it's <laughs> well, true i think your high school had like a yearly budget of 14 dollars. so if yeah. that yeah <laughs> Probably not even that much. Like each of the teachers got a 30 cents a year salary. <laughs> it was mostly paid for by us on the dance team paying that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I paid for my own education. It's fine. Just kidding. My parents did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did we all say, Sid, what did you say your favorite scene was? Um, just when they like first meet the family. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, there's, there's a lot to like about this movie. There's a lot to like. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else, guys? Oh, do we want to do trivia? Um, well, I just want to make sure before we move on to uh, final ratings and trivia, if there's any other discussion oh. topics that no. are wanted. I don't have anything. Um, I don't think I have anything. I got my societal breakdown uh, rant out, so I feel good. We talked about cinematography. We talked about the acting. The editing was really good. Can I just say that, like, the the song at the end during, like, the big confrontation, how they, like, remix it. Oh, yeah. They started, uh, like, warping the piano and stuff. Oh my gosh. It was really good. So good. It's quite good. Um, and yeah, I'm into that chant. The, like, chanty, like, almost Gregorian type that i don't know whoever did the who did the music for this do we know i don't it's i think it's pretty similar to get out but that one's more like kind of african chant and i couldn't tell you a thing about the music from get out i didn't see i just oh it is the same composer i just rewatched get out like a few months ago Uh, okay let's see michael abels um get out detroit and us Wow, he's uh oh, and literally his only two score credits. <laughs> he was in the music department for Detroit, but he did the score for Get Out and the score for Us. He's new on the scene, guys. We're up on it. All right. Good job, guy. <laughs> I'm about it. You're on the you're on the right track. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Michael Abels gets the We Watch Movies and then talk about them. Uh, seal of approval. You're doing great, deal. Michael. Good job, my dude. Um, all right. So uh, start thinking about your rating. Mm-hmm. And we'll hear trivia from Sid. Okay. I don't have too much because it just came, came out, out today. today. <laughs> so, um, so Jordan Peele gave the cast um, like a bunch of horror movies that they need to watch so they could have a shared language while filming. That's awesome. What um, were they? Dead Again. I don't know that one. The Shining, okay. The Baba Duke, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, and The Sixth Sense. Dude, no joke. I watched Funny Games for the first time like two days ago. Which well, one? Uh, I watched the remake. Okay. Because I wanted to watch the original. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. I wanted to watch the original, but it's not available on streaming anywhere. Okay. And so I could only get the remake. And yeah, a lot of nods to Funny Games. Yeah. Oddly enough. Um... Two, um, I take this as vindication that It Follows is a great movie. So take that, Becca. Same yeah. cinematographer. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. I really want to watch It Follows again. I could maybe watch it again, but it just was... 
so good. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Dude, that's actually a that's a I see a lot of that, honestly. Some more than others. Specifically, I see, I see a lot of funny games in this. I haven't seen it. Me either. So. <laughs> you should watch it. Okay. I will. It's really good. <laughs> I heard it's, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't know. I don't have a metric for that kind of thing. Mm, okay. Like, I, because I, I was all worried about it going into it. I was like, I don't know. Like, people say this is really, really brutal. And it's, it is, but. But it, like, could be worse. I mean, it always could be. Yeah. It's not like, I don't know, because I've seen stuff like Evil Dead and Saw and, mm-hmm. like, all that kind of crap. And I, not that makes me some, I'm not <laughs> out there watching, like, the Italian <laughs> freaking murder porn stuff like but i've seen some pretty violent stuff and so i don't know it's i think that brutality and violence in that sense is in the same camp for me as like nudity or sexuality that like if it serves the themes and the plot in an effective way i'm a lot more tolerant of it and in funny games it's essential to the themes so i don't know okay i can see that but it's also 90s effects. So like, mm. and you don't see very much. That's the thing with funny games is most of it happens off camera. Oh, okay. And then you see kind of the aftermath of things. So I don't know. Huh. Uh, we're going to stop talking about funny games now. <laughs> but we'll talk about it again during other topics because <laughs> I watched it and it's really good. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Um. Okay, so... Lupita, uh, Winston Duke, who plays her husband, and y- Yaya, um, Abdul Mateen, who plays her dad when she's younger, all went to Yale together. Yale School of Drama. Um, I didn't know that wow. Yale had a drama school. I don't know that either. Um, also, can I take this moment to pledge my und- undying love for Winston Duke? I love him. What do I know him from? He's from Black Panther. He's like the like the gorilla guy up in the mountains. Ah, uh, that's where I recognized yeah. him. I love him. Okay. Um, while the Will- Wilsons are in the Tyler's house, um, and Jason is eating dry Fruit Loops, that's a nod to Get Out when uh, at the end Rose is eating the the segregated Fruit Loops and milk. Hmm. So, all right. That could also tie into the themes a little bit, you sure. know, keeping it segregated. Yeah. Um You yeah. know, I'm I'm really sure that uh Best of Enemies is going to examine these themes with a really deft hand as well. I look forward to the societal commentary that that movie has to provide for us this the, summer. The commentary that we haven't needed for 30 years. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the trailer for that movie. I was like, who's who's greenlighting all of these movies? Like, <laughs> I've seen that trailer so many freaking times. I'm so sick of it. Anyway, I don't have any more trivia. There was like four. That was some good trivia. Yeah. I Here's the thing. I really liked that piece about uh, the movies that he instructed people to watch. Yeah, that was interesting. Because, yeah. We because like movies most here. Of them. I've seen probably <laughs> half of them. And the influences are there. And again, I'm... I'm glad that I'm not crazy because I I, I thought it was because I literally just watched Funny Games like two days ago. And I was like, man, there's a few nods here to this and like some similarities. So 
I'm glad that I'm not crazy. Jordan Peele also really likes funny games. He's probably seen it. Uh, he probably saw it before I did, though. I don't think that he watched it for the first time last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say not. Yeah. 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 He, like, makes everyone else watch it. And he just, like, I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> He's just like, I passed on it. I need to go through and watch that list. Uh, the Babadook is interesting, though. That's one that I... Yeah, I didn't... No, I didn't really see any... I mean, I guess it wasn't necessarily saying that he was drawing inspiration from it, but he, like, wanted the same... That's true. Feeling on set. That's fair. But that's, fair. that's I, I don't know. I That's, like, that's the kind of trivia that I want to know about every movie that I love. Because as far as I understand it, most directors give out, like, homework, essentially, mm-hmm. and say, this is what we're drawing from. Yeah. I, that's the trivia. I want that on every movie that I like, is what was the required watch for X. Yeah. I don't know. What does Tarantino tell his people to watch? His <laughs> other movies. <laughs> You need to watch Pulp Fiction and uh, both parts of Kill Bill. And <laughs> what's the one with the cheerleaders in the car? Uh, what is that one? Uh, I don't know. Something. Dead something. There's death in the title. There's probably He's some violence. And... This is really, really off topic. Um, death proof death proof that's it i know it all right becca you've had time to think about it and you're out of time go you're right i have had time to think about it um this movie is great i definitely would recommend it it's a good horror um and i i really like movies that you can kind of decide like how deep you want to go with it like you can just like watch it and enjoy it or you can like take it apart and be like wow this talks about a lot of different things and you can peel the layers (laughs) peel Peel the layers (laughs) i did not do that on purpose (laughs) um anyway so i really do think it's a fantastic movie um i i will rate it in a vacuum don't look at the scale well i already decided but i'm just making sure that okay it fits where i think it should fit yeah I rate it an 8.7. Right up, Sid? Um, yeah, I I really like this one. Like I have no regrets about probably going to see this again tomorrow. Um, I think it's great on different levels that as just like as a horror, it's awesome. Uh if you want to dissect the themes, it's awesome. Just as a technical movie, it's awesome. Um Yeah. I thought it was great. I want to see it again right now. Um, And I would give it a... Yeah, I'd probably give it an 8.7 too. 8.7 as well. I promise that I I thought of my rating before you guys said yours. Um, But uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, Awesome sophomore film. A lot of times you end up with that sophomore slump with a lot of artists and that you have essentially infinite time to craft your debut and then you're on a timeline for your second one. So that's why a lot of second albums or second films or whatever suck. Uh, because somebody spent 15 years making the first one and then 18 months making the second one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jordan Peele, he's he's still got it. I think that initial impressions, I don't know if it reaches quite the high that Get Out does. 
I think that Daniel Kaluuya's performance in that movie is just, I think that's going to be one that we look back on in a long time and as, as far as just really incredible performances. Um, and not to say that Lupita doesn't do a great job here too, because she anchors this film, but it's, it's just a different vibe and a different feel. So I think that, I don't think that this film quite reaches the same highs that get out does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that, I mean, saying that doesn't do justice to just how good this movie is. Cause it really is fantastic. And he did a great job with it. Um, all of the things that we've talked about up till now are fantastic. I think that, uh, sorry, my point, in saying that, I started a thought and then I finished it forgetting why I started it. My point saying that is that while it doesn't reach the highs of Get Out, I think that he has leveled up his craft in a number of ways as well as the people he's collaborating with. Like I said, I think the cinematography is stronger in this. I think that um, the score is obviously a lot stronger in this. I think the directing overall, he did better here. I just think that Get Out is such a lightning in a bottle situation where so many things came together so perfectly. Um, one thing I think is that the the humor in that movie is more effectively mixed in than in this. Um, and that could just be because we were in a theater full of people and human beings apparently don't know when something is supposed to be funny and when it's not. And I had the single most obnoxious couple on the face of the oh earth sitting God, next oh to gosh. me who like open belly laughed every time somebody did something moderately... <laughs> Uh, quirky. Yeah. So that really kind of threw me off. Point being, uh, Get Out's probably a better movie, but this gives me a lot of hope uh, that Jordan Peele will be able to continue to make fantastic films uh, because a lot of the behind-the-scenes elements, I think, have really been leveled up from Get Out. And it would have been interesting to see... Uh, and not this is, again, not to take anything from Get Out, but it would have been interesting to see Get Out made at this level of production skill from the whole team involved because behind the scenes i feel like it's it's better and from a craft standpoint it is better than get out but again this the screenplay and daniel kalua are just absolutely mind-blowing so i it's hard not to compare it to get out yeah but with all of that said um i give it an 8.8 all right nice so 8.7 I don't know. Uh, yeah. Round it down. 8.7. Which puts it... Um, Ooh. <laughs> well, this is... Hang on. Spoilers. This is going to change. So... Oh, I haven't thought about it. Yeah. Um, us. Uh, 8.8. That puts it right on par with Birdman, Sicario, and The Big Short. Which is funny because... Yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, I didn't love Sicario, but... Well, yeah, all of these really good movies have lower ratings because of you. I know. <laughs> like Birdman and Hereditary. Oh, wait, no. This is an 8.7, we said. So it's just below Sicario and Birdman. But right above the Grand Budapest Hotel. And right on par with Hereditary, oddly enough. Um, that is uh, That concludes our discussion on us. We're moving on now. We have a revisionist corner. And that mixes into other topics, which includes uh, movies that we've watched. Becca. Um, so we watched Hereditary this week. We watched Hereditary <laughs> this week. And I already did a revisionist corner for Hereditary like months ago. You need if anybody one. remembers. 
You never should have had one in the first place. <laughs> well, that was the reason Revisionist Corner was invented. But it should have been right the first time. That's true. But it took me... Okay, this is my third time watching Hereditary. <laughs> I did not like it the first time. Didn't love it the second time. It's not my favorite the third time. <laughs> but it's a great movie it's so good (laughs) like there's so many good things about it and there are a lot of things that i really love about hereditary mostly tony collette like because she's incredible yeah like she's amazing and i don't know there's there are a lot of interesting themes that i have thought about more than most other movies so i feel bad for my score I gave I gave what it a was rating your score? of um, 7.8. Yikes. Ooh. Keep in mind, that puts it on par with Oh Brother Where Art Thou. <laughs> Becca thought that Hereditary and Oh Brother Where Art Thou were of equal quality. Hey, we watched Hereditary before Oh Brother Where Art Thou. And yeah, I wanted to walk out of the theater in Hereditary. <laughs> I have never walked out of the theater at a movie. But Hereditary made me want to leave the theater. Dude, I'll tell you what. Do you know the theater that I most regret not walking out of? The Snowman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why did we stay? I don't know. It was a movie pass, so we technically didn't even pay for the ticket. It, that was... That was atrocious. That would have been a fine movie to walk out of, but we did I think didn't. I just kept hoping that it would get better. Yeah. I don't even really remember anything. It's so bad. Yeah. All right, so... Anyway, all that being said, like, I, I don't know. It's hard because, like... I know that Hereditary is, like, an amazing movie for so many reasons, but, like, it just... Here's the thing. It makes me feel creepy. The Weston scale has been and always will be um, based on the value of you assign whatever value you want to based on whatever criteria you want to, right? And that's why it's so hard, though, because, like, I know it's a good movie, but also I don't like it. (laughs) Um, so i think that i will move my rating up to 8.5 8.5 that's amazing that's only one point below mine i gave it a 9.4 and i stand behind that so let's do some calculations here 8.5 plus 8.8 plus 9.4 that rounds us probably like an 8.9 so that puts it I mean that. No, probably a nine. I would just give it a straight nine. Yeah, I think so. That moves it up Aww, to man. a nine. That moves it above Annihilation. It's not better than Annihilation. It is better than Annihilation. I feel like Annihilation should be a lot higher up. Yeah. Eh, what are you going to do? Um, in a vacuum, and when we didn't keep track of the scores, I gave Hereditary a 9.4 and Annihilation a 9.2 because Hereditary is a better movie, and I've decided <laughs> that. This time it was Sid. Sid gave Annihilation an eight point five. I guess I gave Hereditary an eight point five just now. <laughs> Annihilation's not an eight point five though. Let's be real. This isn't about me, okay? Hey, we'll have, it was about thing. me. Now here's it's about you. Becca has fully <laughs> repented now of her sins against Hereditary. Uh, once she repents again, uh, repents of her sins against Birdman. Uh, then Sid can repent for her sins against Annihilation. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's move on to some other topics. Really quick, I broke my personal rule this week, and I watched a bunch of trailers. 
don't do that. Um, I couldn't stop myself from watching the Midsummer trailer, and holy gosh darn heavens, does it look incredible. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Like, I'm counting down to August because I'm like, give me this movie now. I think it's, I'm going to feel the exact same way about it that I feel about Hereditary. I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, I almost and I'm not going to like it. I almost guarantee oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Apparently, the script leaked online I heard it several months ago. Rough. And people were like, if you thought Hereditary was messed up. <laughs> Yikes. So, That's going to be so fun, Becca. But again, didn't Yay. Ari Aster said he had like 10 screenplays done and only two of them were horror. So he was going to do the horror ones first and then move on to other types of projects. So he's not going to shoehorn himself. Good. So for those of you out there, Midsummer more than anything else, looks absolutely freaking gorgeous. Just the washed out pastels of, oh my gosh. That's the main thing that's making me want to watch it. Blood is going to look so good in that movie. <laughs> Seriously, though, because there's that one. There's. Don't, I, I don't want to know anything about the trailer. There's some blood in the trailer, and it looks great. There's going to be blood in the movie. Oh, who knew? Okay, no, I just. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer yet. I'm trying to. Abstain. It's going to look great. I also, uh, because it was recommended after the Midsummer trailer, watched the trailer for High Life. Ooh. And I think it looks great. Oh, yeah. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Looks like a good one. Uh, we saw the trailer for Lucy in the Sky, uh, which is a horrendous name for a movie, but looks quite good. It does look good. I'm excited for it. I'm down for Natalie Portman. It looks like uh, it's going to be a weird psychological thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, what other trailers did we see? The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We saw the trailer of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I am so freaking ready for that. Like... <sighs> Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio in like a just like two dudes movie. <laughs> what? I'm so ready for that. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Uh Margot Robbie is Sharon Tate. Great. Um the freaking scene with the Bruce Lee impersonator. <laughs> yeah. My fists are registered let's leave the weapon, so if I kill you, I go to jail. If you kill anyone in a fight, you go to jail. It's called manslaughter. Like the way he delivers that line is so freaking oh good. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that was the trailers that I watched. And I'm ashamed. I wish I hadn't, but I did. Yeah, I don't think I've watched really too much lately. Also on Facebook, I stumbled across a trailer for Pet Cemetery, and it looks awesome. Oh, yeah. That looks pretty good. I don't really like the guy that's in it. I forget his name. It's like, is it Josh something? Yeah, I don't love him. He's okay. He's kind of always, every time he's in a movie, he's just kind of bleh. Yeah. So I'm a little I'm a little worried about that, but I heard good things about it so far. Yeah. Oh, Jason Clark. That's it. Yeah, I don't love him. Whatever. Whatever. Um. All right. Very quickly, I'm gonna run through some of the movies that I've watched that I want to talk about, and then we'll let Sid go. Because I'm sure you've watched some movies. And I have not watched. <laughs> yeah, Becca's too busy. Becca's too busy. Yeah. Um. Of note, I watched. Uh, the Wrestler by Darren Aronofsky, and it was uh, phenomenal. Um, it went on my maybe ten list. Honestly, it's wow. incredible. It is so good. Um, it might be as good as Black Swan, and Black Swan is a ten. Wow. So, um, I learned this later. Some trivia for you: Black Swan and The Wrestler were originally intended to be one movie, mm-hmm. and then he split them. And I'm glad he did because. While they have similar themes, they're very different films. 
Didn't we talk about that? Wasn't that a trivia? Was um, that a trivia for Black Swan? Was Black Swan? Like, well, his plan was to kind of do like a sequel for which one came later, Black Swan? Yeah. He would like kind of was going to do like a little bit of a sequel, but then he scrapped that. Hmm. All right. Um, I watched Breaking the Waves by Lars von Trier, which is a movie that I have uh, come to like a lot more as I have thought about it after the fact. I think that the themes present in it are extremely interesting. I still think that stylistically Lars von Trier, uh, from what I have seen, which is uh, like three of his movies, honestly, uh, stylistically, the dude's a genius. Dude knows how to make a film. And I just want to watch everything he's ever made because it's so exciting to watch. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of his stuff has content in it that I'm not sure if I want to see. I don't know if you want to see Antichrist. Dude, I looked up the parents guide on Antichrist. I don't Holy think you want to. moly. Holy moly. I don't think anyone should. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, tiptoeingly working my way through Lars von Trier. Uh, but seriously, stylistically and performance-wise, and just from a filmmaking standpoint, Breaking the Waves is gosh darn phenomenal. It's just uh, a little overlong, I think. It could be 20 minutes shorter, and it's just super sexual, which it depends on your tolerance for that. Again, it is essential to the themes and plot, so I have a little more tolerance for it than I do in like stupid comedies, but... Uh, Point stands. If you have a hard time dealing with that, don't watch it. If you don't have a hard time dealing with that, it's a hard recommend for me. And think about what it is trying to say. I'll put it that way. Um, I watched Funny Games by Michael Haneke. I watched the remake. For those of you who don't know, uh, he made this movie in German in the 90s and released it in America. And it was a total flop. And he was convinced that it was because it was in German. So he remade it shot for shot from like... Rebuilt the sets, uh, recreated every single shot, and made a perfect remake of his own film in English, and it was still a flop. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad he did uh, because uh, oh gosh, who is it that's in it? I just totally lost it. Um, oh gosh, what is her name? Who's the girl? Naomi Watts. Yes, performance of her career. Really fantastic. Okay, she does a. Uh, Freaking phenomenal job. Um, and everybody really does. Oh, geez. It has a 6.5 on IMDb. Y'all did not understand this movie. <laughs> um, it really is. I, I don't want to say anything about it because it's just that good. It, immediately, I watched it while Becca was out of town. And like one of the first things I said when she came home was like, I watched this movie and we need to watch it. You remember that? Actually, I really don't remember. I said that. it. And uh, she doesn't remember half the movies you guys have watched together. <laughs> that's true. So. Uh, it seriously is. It's so good. Uh, very highly recommend. Put it on your list to watch. I just did. Okay. Um, and like I said, the remake is a lot easier to find than the original. Although the Criterion Channel launches on April 8th Ooh. and it will have the original on it. So I'm going to watch the original. Nice. Um, and also, I am just going to start going crazy watching movies <laughs> i think because everything that i've been curious about in the criterion collection but i don't want to spend 40 dollars on yeah um, i'm just gonna go crazy specifically i think i'm gonna go on an ingmar bergman binge because i'm really intrigued by uh the premise of a lot of his films i've done a lot of uh i guess like which order do i watch ingmar bergman films in and like getting the the synopsis of it and descriptions of it and stuff like that i'm very interested so i think i'm gonna do that also uh kurosawa I'm going to go crazy on some Japanese films. Very much looking forward to the Criterion Channel launching. 
Um, we rewatched Hereditary. Uh, one thing I will note, uh, it was the first 4K Blu-ray that we bought. We watched it on my Xbox One X on our Vizio 4K TV. And <laughs> holy mother flipping crap does the 4K Blu-ray make a huge difference from a regular Blu-ray being upscaled. It really does. That looks so good. What I came out of that movie with an appreciation of is how freaking gorgeous that movie is. And I'm going to start buying everything on 4K Blu-ray from now on because it's only five bucks more. And it makes like because a regular Blu-ray will get upscaled to 4K. A 4K Blu-ray is natively in 4K and it makes a huge difference. Just monstrous as far as lighting and black levels go for the most part. Um, We watched Apollo 13. Which is a great movie. Not a lot to say there. It's just really good. And that's what I watched. All of them are hard recommends for me. Alright. Um, so I actually haven't been watching too much lately. What um, are you doing? Who are you? Honestly, it's just Brockhampton. It's just taken over my entire <laughs> you life. You just sit in your room and listen to Brockhampton? Kind of. <laughs> Watch their music videos? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm still working out. But I... I got a few good ones at the beginning of the month. Um, so I watched Burning. Um, Ooh, is that the Korean one? Yeah, it was really good. How was it? It was good? Yeah, it was good. really good. It's gorgeous. Like, there's one scene. It's a pretty long scene where they're, like, sitting out on the patio at dusk. And it's just, oh, it's so gorgeous. And I think I may want to watch it again, um, pick up on some more subtle things, but yeah, I really like that one. A lot of people were really pissed that that didn't get nominated. Yep. Yeah, I heard a lot of people were mad about that. I, I mean, I haven't seen all the ones nominated, but I would say it should be in there. I still need to see Cold War. I never could. <sighs> it's coming to Amazon soon. Okay, good. So, so it was Suspiria for all of you out there Woo! who have not seen Suspiria. Uh, I think it's like the second week of April they nice. announced that Suspiria is coming to Amazon Prime. And I don't know a single person that doesn't have Amazon Prime yeah. <laughs> or access to an Amazon Prime account. Uh, so go watch Suspiria. So there you go. Uh, you've had your Blade Runner reference, Sid said Replicant, and you have your Suspiria reference. And so now it is a complete episode of We Watch Movies and we'll Talk About Them. <laughs> um, and then I watched, I watched the second Mission Impossible. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't like it. The John Woo version? Yeah. It was pretty boring, honestly. Yeah, but there's that scene where he jumps off of the bike and hits the guy in midair. Yeah, I was so mad at that part. I was like, they are dead. Oh, come on. Don't be such a party pooper. I know, but I, I don't know. I thought it was just like, bleh. Um, I watched Hot Fuzz again, and that movie has officially moved on to my... 10 out of 10 list dude i've never seen that i love that movie so much it's so good that's edgar wright right yeah yeah have you seen Shaun of the dead i've only seen Shaun of the dead of his movies i a lot of people say that they like Shaun of the dead more than Shaun of the dead is a freaking classic it's a great one but i i love hot fuzz it's just i love the humor i love everything about that movie so yeah officially 10 out of 10 for me wow hot fuzz is a 10 for sid that's cool i'm 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 proud of you for having a comedy on there thank you what else do I have in my top 10? Not top 10, just perfect 10s. Or, yeah, perfect 10s. I don't know. I'll look at it later. Right. Um, And then I watched Captain Marvel, which I actually liked. I have no interest. I, It wasn't the best Marvel, um, but I actually really liked it. Like, it's not, like, the most exciting, mo- like, 
funniest one mm-hmm. out of theirs, but I think that she's a good character. Um, it was a good introduction to this big character who's going to play a big part in the in the last movie. Um, and I just really, I really like Brie Larson. Yeah, I think that for me, like with Marvel, I'm just done having new. I I, I was done having new characters introduced with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that was my breaking point. Mm-hmm. Is I was like I didn't see Ant Man. I didn't see. I honestly haven't seen any of these Spider Man movies. Um, like I haven't seen Homecoming. Is there a second one? They're coming out with one this summer. So the second one is coming out. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't seen Homecoming. I haven't seen Ant Man. I probably won't go see Captain Marvel. Like I just don't care. Yeah. After they after we hit Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, okay, this is all of the characters I need an introduction for. Everybody else, I don't care. Yeah. If I weren't so into Marvel, I kind of would just like watch the movies because I mean. You know, some of them are essential for the plot, but if you understand the last few, like, Avengers movies, like, the actual Avengers, then yeah. it's easier to understand, you know, so you don't have to watch all 8,000 of them. Yeah. So. Uh, call back to last week. Patrick H. Willems has a uh, series going on right now where he dissects why he, uh, why he, as a huge comic book nerd, is not excited about the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore, and it's really interesting. And although I don't agree with all of his points, and I am excited for Endgame uh, to a very high degree, um, is he brings up good points, and it's a video series worth watching. Yeah, I like him. He's good. Um, I rewatched Into the Spider-Verse. Still fantastic. Yeah, somebody was Love selling a uh, 4K Blu-ray of that on Facebook for 10 bucks the other day, and I almost just jumped oh on gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. Because they, like, they, like, bought it. I think they didn't have a 4K player, though, because they were, like... 4K Blu-ray, uh, regular Blu-ray not included. <laughs> so I think that they bought it and were like, crap. <laughs> so they just popped out the Blu-ray disc and went to sell the 4K one. <laughs> um, I watched Triple Frontier, uh, which is that Netflix one with... Oh, yeah. Oscar Isaac? I don't remember a single thing from that movie. <laughs> it was... It looks really generic. It was, it was actually like... It was like well shot and like visually appealing i thought it was so boring Hmm. and you know i don't know it was just i don't know there wasn't anything special or new about it so that's that's pretty much everything i've been watching well i'm sorry that you left off with triple frontier what and that you said you watched most recently uh well i'm like halfway through a taika watiti movie boy He's the same guy who directed Thor Ragnarok and hmm. Hunt for the Wilder People. I love him. He's really funny. I need to watch Hunt for the Wilder People. It's so funny. It's been lo- on my list forever. I love um like Fight of the Concords, like that kind of humor. Yeah. So it's I love that movie. It's good. I gotta watch it. That one in, in Bruges are two that have been on my list. That's a really forever. good one. I really like that one. But yeah. Becca, so. have you watched any movies? Nope. <laughs> I've done lots of homework though. Becca watched Hereditary and Apollo 13 with me. Yes, I did. That's all we could ask of her. Uh, listeners out there, you understand. Becca is incredibly busy, and we're very lucky that she makes time to do this <laughs> podcast with us. You're so welcome that I grace you with my presence. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's it though. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what we'll do next? I'm done. Here's the thing. Uh, listeners out there, we used to plan out several weeks in advance what movies we were going to do. And we're like, oh, we got to have a flow to it and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. There's like 40 of you. We <laughs> get it. Like, we are going to be more excited about a movie that we're actually in the mood to watch than one that we planned out several weeks in advance. So we're just going to uh, fly by the seat of our pants from here on out. If yeah. 
we're going to get together to do the podcast and we're just going to pick a movie off my shelf. And sometimes we're going to just forget to upload the podcast. I didn't. Oh, and, yeah. And we're just going <laughs> to skip a movie. Right. So we did. We, we have an entire episode of The Big Short that I just <laughs> completely forgot to upload. And in there, I'm like, welcome to episode 23 about The Big Short. And then in the one about, uh, oh, geez, what is it? In Sunshine, I'm like, well, yep, here we go. Episode 23, Sunshine. <laughs> so there's two episode 23s out there. But this is the only episode 24. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. Right on, folks. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, facebook.com slash we watch movies and then talk about them. Instagram at movies we watch. Um, you can slip into the DMs. And uh, even though we are uh, on a week by week basis deciding what we want to watch, we are accepting suggestions always. We would love to know what you guys would like to hear us talk about. Um, if you have any disagreements, uh, comments, uh, or anything else that you want to uh, write in, please just, again, slide into the DMs and we will be happy to discuss them on air. We'd love it. Uh, we love you. We thank you for listening um, to our two listeners in Sweden. You guys are great. Uh, <laughs> tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. <laughs> tell your mom. Listen to this podcast with your mom. <laughs> you know You listen to it on your headphones while sitting next to your mom who is also listening to it on her headphones so that we get two downloads like yes. yeah don't put it on speaker for 10 people to listen to it each of you listen to it in the same room exactly. don't talk to each or other or at <laughs> least each of you stream it on your phone simultaneously uh-huh. that that's fine too you don't even Everyone have to turn the volume at the same time yeah Just one of you can play it while like with the volume up and everyone else has it on mute just go get an old ipod touch set it to loop through all of our episodes <laughs> non-stop <laughs> Turn the volume down. Yep. And just <laughs> leave it there. That'd be really helpful for us. We'd love it. Uh, but in all reality, uh, if you want to drop us a rating or review on iTunes, that would help us. Yes. Only if it's five stars, though. You're going to give us a bad review. Yeah, make it, make it nice. <laughs> uh, but we thank you. We love you. Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.